Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Community Connections Podcast. I'm the host, Cole Warner, and joining me today is Emily Sullivan, who is the Grief and Bereavement Counselor here at Hospice of Davidson County. It's unusual, I think, this close. You were just on an episode a little bit ago, just talking about our services in general, but we came on today to discuss a more specific topic that we think might be helpful for those in the community and that we deal with quite a bit. So welcome, Emily. Thanks for coming back and joining us on Community Connections. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's going to be a little different this time, you know, talking about a specific topic, but it will still be related to, of course, grief, um, the grief and also the grief counseling aspect of what we do at hospice. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Just a little bit of background on Emily is she has been with us. I, I said this last time. I always forget because she she started with us as an intern, is now full-time with us and, and licensed. She's a uh, licensed clinical mental health counselor associate in the state of North Carolina and does some really great work with grief and bereavement in our community. And today we're going to be talking about children and grief specifically. And yes. so I I guess the easiest way to start this, Emily, is I'll just open the floor to you. And, sure. and why would we talk about children and grief on, on a podcast like this? And how is that different than when we talk about it in general? Right. Well, one of the reasons I felt like we really got to talk about this on the podcast is because, you know, we see a lot of concern sometimes from hospice families, you know, family members of hospice patients, when someone enters hospice for treatment and, you know, adults in your family, you know, react one way and they could feel very distressed about how their children family members will react, right? And it's not just parents, it can be grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, you know, who might be caring for a child. And a lot of them have concerns, Cole, about how are how are my children going to react to seeing their loved one in this state, to losing their loved one, to saying goodbye? How is this death going to impact the children in our family? This is a concern I've seen and I've heard from different hospice patients and their families as I've been here. And I understand why, you know, it really does. Um, it tugs on your heartstrings, you know, when you you know that a young child is going to learn about death for the first, sometimes for the first time. Um, and it can be very upsetting for parents and other adults who are close to a child. Um, it can be hard to talk about. And that's why I really wanted to bring this topic to the podcast is because I wanted to share some of my knowledge about grief reactions in children and how they can look different depending on a child's age and their stage of development. Well, and I imagine for for parents that are concerned that that that's pretty normal. You were mentioning you you hear that quite a bit, but yeah. also usually the person who's concerned is also going through a grief process themselves, right? That's and right. that only not only complicates the situation. Before we get into, and I, I'm actually really excited to hear you discuss development and how that plays a role in children um, handling of, of death and loss. But before we get to that, 
parents that are worried about how to talk, especially with the little ones about yes. death and about grief, there's not a being a, a mental health counselor myself. I know that the, there's not, I'm not going to ask you something and you're just going to say, you say this every single time. We know that we know that being honest is helpful, but what other tips would you give to the parents of, of children who are maybe needing to learn about that loss for the first time and what they can say? Sure. Just like you started off with, right? Openness and honesty is important always um, to be upfront with them about what is happening, to be realistic. But another thing that I would recommend for parents is to try it. And I know it's difficult when you're facing a loss and you're grieving yourself, but I would say try to also exercise as much patience as you can with the child that is asking about these things. Patience is really key. A child, depending on their age, they might not understand the concept of death and loss the way that you do. Um, it's very likely they don't understand it the same way, even if they do understand the abstract you know, concepts of death. They might have had a pet die and they might have understood that the pet is not here any longer, for example. Um, but it really can take some it can take some time for a child to kind of understand what you mean when you tell them this person, right, is dying and what that means. Um, so exercising patience is really key. The child, uh, your child might ask you a few times about it. Uh, that's something I wanted to mention. You might hear these questions multiple times from the child. That is completely normal. The most important thing you can do as a trusted adult in their life is just be consistent and open with your answers and compassionate, right? Um, so I would say to those three points, openness, patience, and consistency would be key. Thank you for that. And, I, you know, as we'll... we'll put this in at the end as well. If you have any questions or, you know, we have lots of resources for parents and talking with children. And I, and I know that Emily is, is more than happy to share those. If you were to, to contact our office uh, to, to learn more about that, because it really is an individual process and not something that is cookie cutter. You mentioned, you mentioned the developmental stages and understanding the abstract thought or understanding what death really means, what that looks like for them so getting into the developmental stages, why is that important and and how does that play a factor? So it's important to understand that children in different developmental stages, that's kind of how we refer to it in psychology, but really you could also just say children at different ages understand death in different ways. So, for example, it's important to know that a child in a very early developmental stage, you could even say like a preschool stage, I I think of it as ages two to four, Um, that's kind of your preschool age, but you could even go two to five. This stage of development, children are going to, to understand death in a very different way from how they might at other ages, right? It's important just to keep in mind what is normal grief reactions for a, for a four-year-old is 
going to look very different or could look different from the normal grief reactions of an eight-year-old, right? So that's why understanding what developmental stages are and how your grief reactions can differ is so important. So just as an example, I have had, um, you know, doing doing the bereavement and grief counseling at hospice, I have had um, pa- talks with parents and I've had even sessions with parents with, with their children after a loss. And around the ages of that early developmental stage where it's two to four or five, you, it's very common and very normal for a child to ask you, for example, um, when is mommy coming home? And and like I mentioned the patients earlier, you might hear that question a few times um, after someone has died. Well, when are they coming home? Or, or when are they coming back? This is because a child at that age does not understand the permanence of death. It just hasn't, it's just not in their um in their understanding at that point. You know, and if you think about this from a different perspective, what is permanence anyway for a five-year-old, right? (laughs) I mean, when you're five, is anything permanent? I mean, it's kind of like one day seems like such a long time for a young child. Whereas a child, even just a few years older at six, seven, eight, they might understand what permanent means. They might understand a little bit better. Usually they do understand when someone is not going to come home, right? When a change is permanent, but it's important to keep in mind ages two to five, they don't understand the, the permanence of death. So it could take you answering that question for them a few times before they really grasp that um, their loved one is not coming home. And I've seen parents address this with children in different ways. You know, sometimes Sometimes they can can comfort the child by by referencing their personal beliefs, right? So if you have a belief in the afterlife, that's a very common one I see where they will kind of remind their child, you know, mommy's in heaven now or grandma, grandpa's in heaven. Um, they're not coming home because they're in heaven. But if you don't practice a personal faith and you still have to answer these questions, right? I encourage you to be open with them. You could say they're not coming home, right? But they're not sick any longer. They're not suffering. They're at peace. These are different things that we could say that could still be comforting um, to hear for a child. The other thing I was going to mention, symptoms, right? For children, as far as grief symptoms, they can look pretty similar to to people of other ages. Crying um, is a pretty common one. Anger, again, that's a very common stage of grief, even for adults. Um, So sadness, crying, anger, um, some frustration. For children, especially the younger children, you might see increased temper tantrums. Um, So that's something to keep in, you know, just keep in mind. These, for grief, right, can be completely normal reactions for grief when we're talking about children's responses. Well, and I... One of the things that you mentioned made me think about the way that children express emotion at different ages. I imagine looks much different from five to say eight, nine, ten. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And so I think parents maybe get they they see emotional outbursts or maybe there's some behavior problems that that creep in and they think it's a pattern that is really something to worry about when in fact it can just be their the way that they're coping with that emotion in the moment. Is that is that right? Yes, that's absolutely correct. The way that you see your child coping with grief in the moment or in the short term, it does not indicate that this is their long-term coping pattern. That's something to keep in mind. So when we're talking about coping patterns, we have short-term or acute, and then we have long-term. So the acute short-term, especially in children, can look much more dramatic and kind of upsetting, right? than what the long-term is. And I'm I'm really glad that you brought up long-term coping in children because this coping with loss, this topic kind of brings up one of the things I wanted to mention, which is, so in different media, movies, TV, whatever have you, there's a lot of emphasis I've noticed in depictions of if a child goes through a loss or a death in their life, then there's always some kind of traumatic response. And this is a really common misconception that people have. People think that if you go through a loss as a child, then you're automatically going to be traumatized and have a trauma arise from this loss. And I wanted to mention that because that's a misconception. That is not true. Not every loss that children will witness or suffer in their life will lead to trauma or a trauma response. I hope that makes sense. I know it's a little bit of a segue from, from that. No. And, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up and it. I know that you, one of the things that you want to discuss today was resilience. And I think we'll get to that as a little bit later, I would ask. So you talked about, especially the younger ages being marked by some of that trying to understand you know, especially the permanence, the sort of the whole kind of idea of loss, of death, of, of what that actually looks like for them, how it affects them and some of the short term stuff. As you move more into that middle school, high school range where they, you know, you know, teenagers, they they are like they try to be little adults. Right. And, yeah. and that's how they handle things. And oh, yeah. There's a lot of emotional based decision-making and coping that happens in that age. What does grief look like in those preteen to teenage, early teenage years? So I do grief educational groups at middle schools and high schools in Davidson County. So I've, I'm very familiar with this age group and, and addressing grief and educating them about grief um, and just providing some support for grieving middle schoolers and high schoolers. And what I would emphasize, if you have a child who is middle school age um, or even high school age, one of the most important things you can do for them is to normalize or emphasize to them that grief is a normal response to loss normalizing is just a fancy word for it but it's it's assuring them reassuring them that grief is a normal thing it's a normal response to loss to feel these strong emotions after a loss 
is normal to feel sad, to feel the anger, um, to, to have the crying spells. These are normal things. Middle schoolers and, and even really high schoolers to some extent are really concerned with, with how they appear to others and their kind of social standing. And a lot of, a lot of my middle schoolers, when they, when they are first in the group, they can be quite embarrassed to, you know, to talk about these emotions and to, to express their, their grief. Um, and I think that's a normal part of being in middle school, right. Is being embarrassed by things, uh, and high school too, to some extent, I would just emphasize for this age group, it is education is important. Um, educating them about what grief is, and that it is a normal, healthy response to loss uh, uh, is important. It's also important for this age group to remind them that grief does not last forever. We heal, we do heal from grief over time. And it, it's part of that education piece. And when you have an older child, education, I feel like, can be more of your emphasis Obviously, you still need to incorporate the openness, the patience, and the consistency, but you need to add education and and normalizing and reassuring for the older children. I appreciate you adding that emphasis. I like the idea that you talked about it being temporary things for in that developmental stage. Everything feels very big and it feels very permanent and that that's the most developed part of our brains. Right. And so that is what controls us and controls our behavior and things like that. And I appreciate you sort of hitting at that point. And I imagine that that we talked about parents being worried about their little ones. I imagine that's another age group that parents get worried, right? That's a formative period for the, for the, do you hear a lot of concerns from parents with that age group? Yes. When it comes to seeking grief counseling, the younger children are the ones I most often hear about, but I definitely do hear some for some concerns for middle school and high school age. And part of that is just like what you mentioned, which is that is a tough time of life. It's just a tough age. And so when you have loss and grief thrown in there, it can make it, you know, it can make for a very concerning time for a parent who wants to make sure their child is doing well and is trying to give them the best chance they can um, to get through the middle school years and high school years. And I'm glad that you pointed out also that at that stage of life, right, things do feel very big and very out of your control. Even sometimes a middle schooler's emotions might feel like they're out of their control. And that's a normal thing that they go through. That consistency piece and that that openness is going to really be important there. So I definitely would say, you know, encourage your, you know, encourage your middle schoolers and high schoolers to, to express those feelings of grief as much as you can. And I know that a lot of them might not feel like it. Um, that's totally fine. If they can't express their feelings of grief to you, um, they can, they can talk to a, a, a school counselor. You know, that's an option. Um, there's always that school counselors also have resources about grief that they could give students. So I just wanted to mention that as well. So sort of talking about 
the the little ones, you know, five, six, seven, and, and even a little bit younger, all the way through, you know, uh, later elementary, middle, and high school. I appreciate you giving the perspective of that shift from just the, you know, really just being a presence for them and being open to incorporating the education and and allowing them the space to have their emotions, but also really understand what you know, what's going on, what's going on with others, talking with them about it. Um, I really appreciate that you adding that perspective there. One of the things we've not used the word yet, but I feel like we've danced around it is the idea of resilience. Yes. Can you talk about what resiliency means for, for children and grief specifically? Yes. So resilience is an important topic in grief, whether we're talking about children or adults, um, people of any age, resilience is just an important thing in grief because what resilience really refers to is our levels of coping, right? So it's how we cope with loss, with grief. Um, You could look at resilience in other parts of your life as well. How do you cope with you know, big changes in your life? How do you cope with negative or unpleasant things happening to you? Resilience refers to coping with these things in a healthy way, coping in a way that you can continue on with your life and you can continue functioning, right? Sometimes I hear people describe resilience as your ability to bounce back. Um, I'm sure you've heard that one. That's a pretty common one. Um, your ability to bounce back from negative or or painful situations. This is one way of understanding resilience. One thing that a lot of people don't know is that resilience is a skill that we can learn and it, we can build. Um, it's actually a skill set. It's not an innate personality trait. This is good news for parents, especially if you're you know your child your child might be facing a loss, uh, an impending loss. Of, of someone in your family, because by learning some of these skills, you know, it can help them to develop their own resilience and to kind of, like we said, bounce back from the loss and from the grief. But it is important in in any age group, whenever you talk about grief, to take time to, to really focus on resilience and building it in your life to maintain a healthy level of functioning. And honestly, it can look different from one age group to the next. Just like we were talking about with developmental stages, well, resilience, you know, for a young child could look quite different from an older child or a high schooler. Actually, I have found, and I think many uh, counselors and practitioners have found that sometimes the younger children are the most resilient and bounce back the most quickly from loss um, compared to other people in their family, compared to adults, you know, sometimes they take it in their stride and kind of keep going. Um, And this can be surprising for parents. We've kind of gone through, I think some pretty good specifics today on through that developmental span, what that looks like for children and how they take in loss and, and, and what their grief can look like at times. Parents that maybe are a little bit concerned have had a loss recently or maybe have an impending loss. What are some of the resources that that we have 
to be helpful? And how do we prepare parents? Some of the resources we have available include grief counseling, bereavement counseling, um, which we offer at hospice for children. We're looking at grief counseling, but we're also looking at educational materials on grief um, for children, which I have plenty of those resources um, that I give to families. Um, So contacting hospice, contacting me if interested in these resources or, or counseling, grief counseling. Other resources that we offer the grief support groups, the grief educational groups that I offer when I go to different schools in Davidson County. Um, So when I go to these different schools and I have these small groups, um, I'm providing education, but also a chance for some emotional processing um, for the children in these groups. And I want to mention also school counselors are a great resource that should also be utilized. So um, at hospice, we have lots of resources for, you know, just supporting you and your family through grief. Um, But if you're concerned about how your child might cope with grief, you know, school counselors are also a great one to to reach out to. And and I believe we also have resources on how parents talk to children about loss as well, right? So um, if you're interested in any of that. Well, Emily, I really appreciate you being willing to to spend your time this afternoon. Uh, I guess that's when we're recording this this afternoon, recording Community Connections. And um, I would just like to say that for those of you that this is a topic that can be really hard for people to interact with because you, you, you said earlier, tug at your heartstrings. Children in particular, you know, they are a vulnerable population, right? And we do want to make sure we have the resources to serve them. And it's really important to sort of understand the differences and sort of their mindset in the way that they handle loss and and their and those grief emotions that that come about. So thank you so much for for being willing to come on and share with us today, Emily. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, you're very welcome. My privilege. Thank you for having me. And as always, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts.